0: Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 208 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we present Nuki Notes, a prolific writer on personal accountability. Here's your hosts, Woody and the Beast.
1: Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Sitting next to me is the Beast. Hey, it's a new year. It's a new
2: year. Number 200's behind us. We're coming up on four years.
1: Yeah, it's it's an amazing time. I know, I know. This couch, I'm going to have to get a cushion. I've wore hole in it. We have spent a lot of time
2: with our butts in these positions. We have. But the studio's underwent an overall or two. Yeah, you oh. didn't even see the new overall here. No, I didn't. I'll have to look well, when we get uh, through. Yeah, it. yeah, we have uh, some new electronics in the rack tonight. But, Woody, this isn't like us. We have a beautiful woman in the room. Well, in the virtual room. Well, I I can see her. Well you can see all the way to North Carolina. I can on a on a good day. It is Tennessee. It is true. It is Tennessee.
1: Hi, Nookie. Hi. Now North Carolina, whereabouts are you?
3: Raleigh area.
1: Raleigh, all right. Yeah, that that's a beautiful area there.
3: I do. I love it here. It's um I, I chose North Carolina about sixteen years ago and I am still glad with that choice.
1: Very good. You are a prolific writer.
3: Yeah. yeah, I write a lot. All manner of things, too. Just whatever is in my head.
1: Uh, well,
2: your writing, did his start in the erotic vein?
3: I won a poetry contest in, like, third grade. <laughs> so um,
0: Goes my, way back.
3: And I've written quite a lot, um, especially nonfiction, for uh, my vanilla careers. So I guess I'm just kind of a writing fool. Words are, I, I at one point I thought I was going to be an etymologist when I grew up. So words are kind of a thing for me.
2: And you knew what that word was?
3: Well, yes, because I wanted to be one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what, I'm just, I'm just wild here. Okay. Okay. You have branched out
1: into things that our listeners might like to read. Well, you know, I was reading on Fet Life and I saw a writing that you had called Dating Kinky. Yeah. And that's when I kind of tuned in and I said, we need to talk to her. And so, <laughs> Dating Kinky is a new book you're working on, right?
3: Yes. Dating Kinky, um, in fact, I'm working on it publicly on Fet Life as well um, in the Dating Kinky group. So, I'm actually, to be fair, I'm, I've got a little bit of writer's block right now, but. I've been posting the chapters as I complete them um, and putting them up in the Dating Kinky group for people to give feedback on, ask questions, make sure that things seem clear enough, add their own suggestions or even ideas for little um, example stories or whatever, because I've never quite done a book sort of publicly before, which is probably a good thing considering how long this particular chapter of Writer's Block has lasted. <laughs> but it, it seemed like a good idea at the time and um, I, I still think it is once I, once I get past this particular stage.
1: So it's a collaborative effort. Interesting.
3: Yeah, I, and I think pretty much all of my writings are, whether they seem that way on the surface or not, because most of what I write is based on the experiences and the discussions and debates and sometimes arguments um, that I have with other people and how we can use them to potentially create better understanding or better kink or better lives for ourselves.
2: The dating kinky concept, where did that concept originate?
3: One day I was in the car um, on the way from Raleigh to Wilmington, which is from for those who don't know, the center of the state to the beach. <laughs> and um, a friend of mine had just called me. And this was like, I don't know, the fourth friend that week who um, had had questions about how to meet people or had trouble with catfishing or, you know, some such thing. And I reached out to a friend of mine. I'm like, oh, my goodness, there needs to be a book specifically focused on the challenges of kinky dating. And thus the idea was born. And the book itself sort of went through several iterations and ideas and so on and so forth. And then, interestingly enough, before the book even really got a good start, I had the opportunity to create the site because I felt like we needed the dating kinky site that would welcome all kinksters and not be a sleazy cesspool um, as much as we needed the book to help kinksters navigate their way through that.
2: All right, Nookie, help me here. So there's a website too?
3: Yes, datingkinky.com. We have been in um, beta or prototype release for just over a year now. Had a lot of amazing feedback, and we're in the process right now of working on the stable release.
2: The go of the website
3: when it's uh, up and running? To provide a a site for kinksters to meet for things like uh, dating, romance, marriage, play, connection, really. I mean, that's, that's kind of like my goal in everything is how do we connect ourselves to other people who share things that we enjoy? I mean, that's what kinkiness is all about, right? It's all about... Sharing things, um, with other people. And I feel like Fet Life is amazing. That allows us to connect on, um, a friendship level. But, you know, for the longest time, they have, they've said that they don't want to be a dating site. And we need a dating site. We need one with, you know, multiple genders, multiple relationship styles, places where we can Include information about STIs without feeling either pressured or shamed by it, uh, and finding ways to connect with the people who we're looking for to share our lives in whatever way that we're hoping to share them.
2: Because certainly eHarmony is not, uh, very, uh, shall we say open. To our brand of uh, of relationships. <laughs> I know kinksters that were thrown off of it. I, I have a partner that was said that, uh, that, that they told her to go to alt.com.
3: I've got an eHarmony story. I actually went through and I filled out their questionnaire. And there wasn't anything that was in their questionnaire, at least from my perspective, that specifically seemed overtly like, hey, I'm kinky or anything like that. So I went through and I, I did their questionnaire and um they did their little search and they said there are no matches within 15 miles of you would okay. you like to expand the search so sure sure there are no matches within 50 miles of you would you like to expand the search sure There are no matches within 200 miles of you. And finally, the thing's like, bitch, please get out of here.
1: (laughs) You're asking for something that's impossible in the vanilla world.
3: Uh, Apparently, um, even my purely vanilla tastes are not to eHarmony's liking.
1: (laughs) Vanilla dating is so difficult to do after you're kinky.
3: Oh gosh. I mean just the something as simple as the fundamentals of awareness, communication, and consent. When I ask a vanilla person, hey, are you a hugger? And they look at me like, what are you insane?
2: They are not used to this <laughs> level of of communication and consent. It's honesty is the word you're
1: looking for.
3: It's not just honesty though, because we are in some ways, I think Kingsters are radically honest. And, and, and I don't mean that by saying that we're better than anyone else, because obviously we run the gamut as well as any other group of people. But when we aspire to something, we aspire to being radically honest and radically open with people to be honest in areas where we could just as easily omit and still be on the fair side of whatever it is that we're saying, we have a tendency to push a little further, even beyond that so that we are not just saying, Hey, yeah, you know, I enjoy the great outdoors, but something along the lines of like, I enjoy playing predator and prey in the great outdoors and would love it if you would do that with me, you know? And so what if this is our first coffee date? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> and in our world it's perfectly acceptable desirable to share that or that level of of openness
3: oh absolutely
2: but yeah uh dating dating vanilla it was tricky enough in the past and now i just can't imagine going going back there i tried it once and it was horrible <laughs> <laughs> your thought? what the, do you have the questionnaire.
3: Um. Yeah. There's the you know just like any other dating site. There's um profile that you get to fill out with like, you know, nine gender options and you know
2: nine gender options. Nine gender options. It's just not two. <laughs> no, it's the whole LGBTQ <laughs> right? and straight. It's a quilt bag. Yeah.
3: Well, LGBTQ actually, I mean, yes, that that does somewhat encompass the gender options, but it also encompasses the sexuality and orientation. So, you know, we've got that as well. And like for example, I mean, something as simple as on FetLife, right? You get onto FetLife and you you're asked, how do you identify? And you get to pick one role. Well, on dating kinky, you get to pick a role. That will be your display role on your profile, but then you also get to pick all of the roles that you'd like to be matched as.
1: You mean we're more than one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We are more than one.
3: <laughs> so maybe oh, I
2: thought
1: it was really simple. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I have to, to, to pick the one that I am on, on FetLife, and I'm going, well, yeah, that's what I am sometimes.
3: Right, exactly so. And, you know, so it's also, you know, how do you want to be matched? Because maybe you're a dominant, maybe you're a top, maybe you're a daddy, maybe you're a spanko, maybe you're, you identify as a master, maybe you're a primal, you know, maybe, maybe you're a sadist. And and maybe all of these things comprise bits of who you are, and you're open to being matched to people who are looking for any or all of those things. And then, of course, you get to choose the um, complementary roles that you'd be interested in being matched with as well.
2: And your uh, matching process, is that proprietary or is there a secret here?
3: In the beta version of the site, um, it is absolutely not proprietary. It's what was built in. So what we did is I took a system and then I went through and um, customized it all to kind of get an approximation of what I was hoping to accomplish. Because what I wanted to do is I wanted to get something out to the kinky community and get as much feedback as possible as to what works, what doesn't work, and so on and so forth. In the next version, though, in the version that we're working on right now, um, this the matching is proprietary. And not only that, but we've got a plan, a, l- a longer-term plan, in place to tweak and adjust the algorithm as we go to make it well i mean eventually more and more accurate
1: so it's a a smart algorithm that learns about you
3: at some point i certainly hope to be able to say that right now i would say it's probably a slightly better than retarded algorithm <laughs> 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 improving <laughs>
2: The book is a collection of what? Tips? Concerns? Worries? uh, A roadmap?
3: (laughs) It's more of a roadmap. It's more of a, um, if you're going to do this, here are the steps you take for preparation. Here are the places you look. Here are the red flags that people are going to throw up for you. Um, like for example, in vanilla dating, there are jokes that if people say, um, curvy right they mean fat like that's a bad thing (laughs) and so in dating kinky land you know we also want to throw up the types of things that you know when people talk too much this way or um, speak about this then you might want to be concerned or keep an eye on you know these types of behaviors so this sort of um, type of thing when you know, you're talking about your first message and you get that first message and that first message is, slut, write back to me and tell me that you are on your knees for me. It works for me right? every time. And, <laughs> you know, and I've heard that before and if only it had ever worked for me, I might not be so bitter as to put it in my book.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> um, but, you know, so so talking about um, things like how do you look out for the types of people who are going to be trying to assert their kinky dominance You know, from the first message on? And whether or not this is something you're willing to accept and how to set your boundaries within messaging in order to make the best connection with somebody possible.
1: Once you meet them and you go from the uh, online dominance to real in-your-face, in-person dominance, that's where safety issues come up.
3: Oh, absolutely, and that's another discussion as well that that we've got going on in there is, you know, how do you meet somebody? How do you keep it as safe as possible? I mean, there's there's risks inherent in what we do, right? I mean, that's why we have rack, risk aware, consensual kink, but inherent risks and taking unnecessary risks are two different things, and so discussing that in the book as well especially for those people who are maybe coming to kink relatively recently um, and are really, really enthusiastic to get out there and try all the things, especially with this super hot, you know, cuddly stud muffin that they just met online and maybe pausing to think about, okay, so showing up at their home naked under a trench coat is maybe not the best first date idea.
2: Um, um, You're ruining um, his vision um, here. I will disagree with that. It's a perfectly <laughs> wonderful idea from my perspective.
3: <laughs> Remember, it
1: is the beast speaking here. Yes, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> I've had more than one date start
1: like that. Well, I, I have to, but that's welcome, welcome
3: to attend our first date, totally naked under a storm coat of some sort. I am more than happy to make that your reality.
2: <laughs> oh okay we, we'll discuss this later so <laughs> definitely there is uh something about frenzy which is what what we've been mm-hmm. talking about and and managing frenzy both in within the new relationship and your frenzy within discovering the lifestyle
3: oh absolutely and you know one thing that a lot of people don't really talk about is that we might have been in the lifestyle for many years but A specific, um, stressor in our lives can actually throw us back into frenzy, right? Can actually change how we look at things and make us start wanting all the things again. Oh, you know, I've, I've been working, I've been working on this dating kinky project for like a year now. And now that I finally have some time, I throw myself out there and start saying, ooh, all the pretties, all this, all that, and maybe lose a little bit of perspective. So talking about not just frenzy as a newbie, but what are the signs of maybe we're biting off more than we can chew in general or that, you know, the people that we're making contact with are not as genuine as they appear.
1: Right there, I'm going to plug an episode about six back from this one, and that was our episode on BDSM nightmares, meeting somebody on a first date and it went horribly wrong. So dating, oh, yeah. dating safety is something to remember.
3: I've, had, I've actually had a couple of those. And luckily for me, all of them have turned into those kind of have I got a story for you type moments, as opposed to something where it's prevented me from actually being here this evening.
2: It did the end in a body bag. That's always a good thing. Well, they again, they have their purpose.
1: They can be a great play toy. As we uh, go through a Dating Kinky, but you've got a bunch of other books out there. And what do you call the, uh, the short ones, the short books?
3: Erotica stories, I guess, for lack of a better term. They're, they're, they're of varying lengths, and um, most of them are, are focused in on um, my own personal experiences of femdom and cuckoldry.
1: You cover a lot of ground in the breadth of your subjects.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, that's not even counting the, what, I 560-plus writings I have up on FetLife right now on my profile. You know, I try to write every day, so.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm still scrolling for the bottom. I opened the show saying you're a prolific writer, and, and I'm really prolific. <laughs> You have
2: your own tab on my web browser because I keep your writings open so I can keep on getting to the bottom of them eventually. Yeah, because every time you start again, it starts at the top. Yeah. Well.
3: That and that is that is one thing about set life is that they're very um, anti being able to find exactly what you're looking for. <laughs> uh yes,
2: we have visited with John yeah. several times, and John says that's by design also. Yeah. So, well,
3: I mean, but even something as simple as being able to search through your own messages, or search through your own writings, or search for a specific topic in somebody else's writing. And I and I understand the design because you know it encourages you to explore right? But that led me to have to create my own index of my writings because people will ask me a question. I'll be like, I know I've written about that before, but if I don't put, you know, the word consent in the title, you know, and I don't know oh it's approximately a year and a half back, so I know kind of what page to go to in my writings, I'm not going to find it.
1: And, and that is the uh, the whole thing. Now that we're over 200 episodes in the Kinky Cast, people will say, uh, do you have a, a subject uh, X, Y, or Z? And I say, yeah, it's back in um, one of the episodes. <laughs> but the good news is on our front page, we have a search bar. And you can put in the subject you're looking for. And it will go back and search all of our synopsis of every episode and find the keywords you're looking for. And every episode has about 10 keywords also.
3: Yeah, that's really necessary, I think.
1: And in the future, it may be even more interesting. Yes, yes. New things coming. Like John Baku says, can't tell you about it. (laughs) Nookie, what got you to where you are? We
2: all have our little story of how we became, realized that we are what we are today. And what's your story?
3: Okay, so my story is that my parents were swingsters back in the day, and kink and open relationship stuff and whatever is just what I grew up with. Like, you know, like I was eight, and I knew a woman who had a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and a man who cross-dressed, and a gazillion gay people, and, you know, people of every stripe and color and orientation and whatever. And that's what I grew up around. I thought this was normal. I also thought it was kind of uncool because, you know, that's what my parents do.
2: Oh, yes. Yes, (laughs) yes. And parents are never cool. Right. So you can't do that then. (laughs) But guess what, Nookie? We grow up to be our parents. Yes, we
1: do.
3: You know, it's funny. And so my father, interestingly enough, he says to me one day, he's like, look, explain this to me. He says, You don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do drugs. And you've dropped out of every institution of higher education I've ever enrolled you in. He's like, where exactly did I have anything to do with raising you? And um, a couple years later, I said, I figured it out, Dad. And he's like, what "What the fuck did you figure out? I'm like, I didn't get my logic from my mother. (laughs) And he says, you're right about that. But um no, seriously, it's like at about 19, I ended up at the vault in New York City. And, you know, 19, girl wearing my going out to the club clothes. And
2: fresh meat, fresh meat.
3: Yeah. And really cute boys asking if they could lick my leather boots clean. I'm like, oh, yeah, this stuff's for me. I'm totally into S&M. Stand and model, if you will.
1: Yeah, that's right.
3: (laughs) And from there, I just sort of went with the flow for a while. And then maybe seven, eight years later, I started really thinking about all of this and the psychology of it and the, you know, of course, reading the back of the village voice, the, the personals and what people are looking for and getting a feel for, you know, why are we the way we are and realize that why is it nearly as exciting as what we do and how we do it? And that's where my brain has sort of been gathering wool ever since, is the psychology of love, sex, romance, and kink all rolled together. And what makes us better kinksters and better lovers and more interesting people? And what connects us?
2: You're not a toy freak or any of those hits the mind that's got you.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that when it comes to kink itself, although I have a tendency to go very deep, I don't have a tendency to go incredibly wide. I don't know how to use a single tail. I've never had a partner that was a huge fan of whips, so I've never bothered to learn. I have lots of toys, but to me, toys are not a requirement. For kink, if I've got my hand and my mind and a willing partner, there's a lot that we can accomplish without any props whatsoever. Yeah, It
1: starts upstairs.
3: Yeah, yeah, for me. And especially because, you know, I specifically identify as a, what I call a dominant switch. So my mental headspace is always dominant. I'm, I've tried the submission thing. I tried it really hard because I was in love and because my mother always told me I could be anything I wanted to be. (laughs) I failed miserably at that. So I'm a dominant, but I will top or bottom at any time for anything that I enjoy because I see the activities of kink, the things that we get up to, to be simple hedonism. And I don't mean simple as in, oh, well, that's just simple hedonism. I mean, it's easy for me to see it as hedonism. And then the mental aspects are, for me, a very set dial on the temperature scale.
2: Back to your uh, your, your website, right quickly. Uh-huh. You have obviously put your own data in there.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And it spit out some uh, batches. Are you still unable to find anybody within 200 miles?
3: No, no, no. I've actually... I've gotten and spoken to quite a few interesting people. Um, I actually have on the site itself, I have my location preferences set up for essentially worldwide. um, Because I'm also interested in meeting people and discussing. And I love to travel. Like, I love to travel. And I love to travel and teach. I love to travel and meet kinksters. I was just traveling for... A month with two other kinksters in July and we um taught in several different places around the US and we met kinksters in almost every major city that we hit even if it was just for like a little munch dinner or something so for me kink is something I, I keep using the word connection but that's because it that's what works for me I go someplace and I look for kinksters to connect with their Even if it's something as simple as, hey, let's have tea, talk a little bit of kink, and then we'll be friends online until the next time I'm in your town or you're in mine or we're both in another town together.
1: When you swing through Nashville next, stop on by and we can do an episode. You can teach people.
3: I would love to do that. I actually used to live in Nashville over in uh, the Hillsborough Village area.
2: Ah, the the nice part of town. Yes, the good part of town.
3: (laughs) How many years ago was that? Well, that was right before I moved out here, so about seventeen years ago.
2: Oh well, the hits, hits, it's definitely changed. <laughs> you would not yeah. recognize
1: it.
3: I have no doubt. The place over there, Sunset Grill, still there. The dessert, the thirteen dessert mirrored round table that they would like put in the center of your table with one of every dessert that they serve, and they had Abanero bread pudding, which is bitchin' good. What's in
2: the future for uh, Nookie?
3: Right now, uh, finishing my book, getting the stable release for Dating Kinky Out. Right now, we're, we're available in web, iOS, and Android. And so we're in the process of concurrently developing on those three platforms. And, you know, that's a big one, getting that out. And then also, you know, continuing to improve it and make it better and connect kinksters. Of course, I'm going to continue teaching. You know, whenever I get the opportunity to travel and teach, um I've taught, you know, Black Rose in D.C. is always fun. I try to get up there once a year. That's always a good time. And, of course, I'm going to keep writing. So, each day I sit up and I look at my calendar and I say, you know, what do I want to write today? And if the subject works for me that day, then I write. And you get, you know, another bump on your tab
2: (laughs) yeah another tab so uh you can tell your mom actually you are a very good slave a slave to the uh website in the book (laughs) yes bottoming yeah Yeah. and you're definitely a masochist
0: we have (laughs) we've
2: already established that Mm -hmm. yeah so a couple more hats to put on right
3: absolutely i mean it's 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 amazing you know i'll talk to, to groups of people and i'll talk about you know, dominance, and I'll I'll say, you know, none of us are dominant over everything in our lives. It's something as simple as you're on a, a dating site and you meet somebody fabulous half a world away. You know, geography is a dominant bitch to us all, right? Like, it's, there's only so much you can do about these things sometimes.
1: Geography and the clock.
3: Yes. Oh, time. Oh, my goodness, that's a killer, isn't it?
1: It is. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, and we are going to do this again sometime and hear about some of your other books that uh, you have gone into so much depth with.
3: One of my favorite books, I mean, I have three books out there on femdom, starting with the basic FLR and then Dominance and Submission and then Master and Slave. But um, one of my favorite books is the In Through the Outdoor, which is all about butt play. Fun. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Look, look at her smile. You her know, Listeners, you can't see this, but I, we can. <laughs>
2: right. I am feeling the urge for a road
1: trip to North Carolina. There you go.
3: And one thing I will tell you is that the Triangle, um, which is where Raleigh is, and then the Triad, which is right down the road from us, we have some of the most amazing and active kink communities that I've ever seen. There are special interest groups. There are Swashes, there are munches there are educationals it is a really amazing place to be a part of things you would have a fabulous time
2: north carolina well, is always well well presented in the region oh, yeah. uh at self at frolicon uh, mm-hmm. they're always well represented so we may just have to get out there and see you road trip Yep, road trip Well, you did a wedding out there, didn't you, Woody? Yes, in uh, Hickory. Hickory, you officiated.
1: No, I I didn't officiate, I photographed. You photographed, okay. Nookie, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And we certainly look forward to hearing from you again. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to head on down the road. So thank you so much.
3: Thank you all. Have a wonderful evening.
0: You have been listening to episode 208. Of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to KinkyCast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we present Billy Holder on New Relationship Energy.